and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to week three of the College Gridiron Podcast. As always, Jimmy Sullivan, Matt Costantini on the mics. Interesting, interesting past week, I gotta say. Um, first and foremost, this will be the last time you ever hear the words Florida State uttered on this show. We have a ban. We are muting Florida State. If you say it, if you if we have people come on this show later and say it, they will never be allowed to the program again. That's what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, just for the rest of this year. I I don't think that they are allowed to be mentioned as an elite program right now <laughs> no. after almost losing to Samford. 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 Not, not Stanford. Samford. Um. Yeah. So we will not be talking about them anymore this season unless they give us a reason to, which I don't think they will. So. Let's just jump right into it. Couple games we want to get to this past week and this coming week. I think the first one that we got to look at is the USC Stanford game. It wasn't necessarily the blockbuster we all thought it was going to be. It's kind of a dud. A little bit. Not a great game. 17 3 Stanford. Just not a whole lot of offense. No, and I think part of that was because like Stanford's defense just played awfully well. I mean, that defense is a unit. They they dominated USC, and part of that is JT Daniels' growing pains, but a lot of that is also that Stanford defense. They're just swarming him. They were all over the place. They got two picks on him. And USC is the team that was only going to go as far as JT Daniels took them anyway, and I think you saw how much further he has to go when he goes up against a defense like this. So was I surprised that that happened? No. Bryce Love went for 22-136 and 136 on the ground. And we should talk about this because he was in the game with two minutes to go in a game that was pretty much decided. And they put him in. He took a carry. He took a shot to the head. Got up very woozy. Like, could barely move, basically. And now he's out for this week. Now, granted, they're playing UC Davis. They're going to win. Although, I mean, I've said that before, and then it winds up not happening. I mean, Florida, you know, I, I almost went there. But <laughs> <laughs> I almost banned myself. But he was in there, and now he's out. And that's that's kind of, that might be kind of big for the Heisman race. Cause that's that, a problem. That's, that's an opportunity for him to put up some huge numbers. And oh, that's yeah. just not there. I, I could come back to bite him. I'm... I'm I mean, uh, that's uh, to me. That's the main takeaway from that game, other than the fact that Stanford's really good. KJ Costello is a good game manager. I think he's not I mean, a great quarterback. That's but all he needs to be. He's good enough for them. That's all he needs they don't, to be. They for don't that need team. a great quarterback. No. You know, they they have the run game that they that they're working behind. They know that they're going to live and die on the run game, and then if need be, KJ Costello can get it done. It reminds me of that team. It was in I think 2013. It was Hogan's. First year as the starter or second year as the starter? Coming in after luck. Yeah, coming in after luck. It's probably the second year. And they would they would just run the ball and they didn't even have like a great running game too. I think the running back was Tyler Gaffney. And it was just three yards in a cloud of dust. But like every once in a while they needed him to make a play and he did and they wound up going to the Rose Bowl. And that's that's what I see in this Stanford team. I picked them to go to the Rose Bowl before the season. I think they're really good. And am I surprised by what happened last week? No. Although I am surprised that there wasn't more offense because I was expecting something like 31-17, not yeah. 17-3. Right. Um, you, I think you mentioned it. I'm not I – don't, I don't only care about the Bryce Love injury because of the Heisman race. Obviously, it impacts a lot more. It impacts Stanford's season. I mean, concussion – we don't want to speculate, cause any panic among anyone, but it looked concussion-worthy. Um, 
which could maybe play a factor beyond just this week. Um, we see concussion systems, concussion symptoms linger for a while. Um, I know it's more prevalent in hockey. Sidney Crosby missed basically an entire season due to concussion-related symptoms, but you don't really hear about that that often in football for whatever reason where these types of injuries are much more common and are much more meaningful. Um, but yes, obviously it impacts the Heisman. I think that it takes him out of the running. because Really? I, wow. I think you need to be there every game on top of your game, you know? Yeah. Guys like, guys like Will Greer, Jonathan Taylor, um, Tyler Murray, who I think is, is up in that conversation now, they're all going to be there for now, for the future, and they're going to be putting up numbers. And it depends on how Love recovers from this and how he makes it to the end of the season. If his, if his numbers are comparable, sure, why not? Put him in the conversation. I don't see a problem with that. No. But as far as USC goes, I think they're done. I don't think, I mean, they'll, they'll be ranked throughout the year. This might be their only loss. They might pick up one or two more along the way. Most likely they will. I'm sure they have some more tough games coming up. Yeah, I think they have to go to Washington at one point. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a tough one. A, I think that's going to be a loss for them. Stanford, they're going to be fine this coming week without Bryce Love. We all know that. And then it's just on to the next one for them. I, they're they're already looking past UC Davis. I know they don't want to talk about, oh, we're, we're already looking forward to the next game and the next game. They, we want to be focused on UC Davis this week. But no, it's it's Stanford. They know who they are. They know their level of play. They're looking past UC Davis, as they sh- probably should. Um, and they'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And their next two games are tough, too, because it's at Oregon. Oregon's looking pretty good. I loved the hire of Mario Cristobal in the offseason. I think he's a really good coach. And then they have to go to Notre Dame to close out September. And then they've got two more ranked teams for now on their schedule at Arizona State on a Thursday night, which could be tough. And then they have to go to Washington on November third. So they've, I mean, they've got enough on their schedule. I think this week, maybe they start a little slow. They're fine, uh, like you said. And I think you also made a great point about the Heisman race too, because you know my guy is Trace McSorley. I picked him before the season, and a lot of people made a lot of the fact that they almost lost Appalachian State, but in two games, Penn State's put up forty-five and fifty-one. Exactly. So they're there. You know, all those guys, if they're healthy, they're putting up numbers. We gotta watch this to see if it lingers past this week because that's that is Stanford right there. If they lose him, I mean we we talk about the Heisman race and maybe we trivialize it a little bit, but Stanford lives and dies with Bryce Love. And if he's not there, they're not winning those games. Not next week, but the week after. They're just not beating those teams without him. So we got to watch that, see if it lingers. Yeah. So get well soon, Bryce Love. Tremendous player, tremendous person. We want we want to see him back on the field and and lighting up, lighting it up like we know he can. Um, moving on, you just talked about them, Arizona State. Old old Herm Edwards, huh? Yeah, my man. I hello. You know, to be fair, when he got hired, my immediate thought was. Why? Why bring in a former NFL head coach that hadn't been in the game for what a decade? Uh, yeah, more than a decade, more than a decade, actually. fifteen years, maybe. No, it was it was ten because he was at ESPN starting in two thousand nine. So it was about okay. 10 so years, about, yeah. so almost a decade. You're gonna bring in a head coach that was not at the collegiate level, I believe. I don't think that he ever coached at the college levels. 
and then he had spent his entire career with the NFL. And it, in my mind, you can't just bring someone like that into a college environment because of how much different it is from the NFL. You need to be able to recruit. You need to be able to inspire. I mean, I don't think that's hard for him. Herm Edwards <laughs> is a pretty fiery guy. I mean, I would run off a cliff if he asked me to. Um, but he takes this Arizona State team and beats Michigan State at in Arizona State. It's good. It's great. I have to own up to two things here, okay? Number one is that I thought the Herm Edwards hire was terrible. I thought there was I'm right nothing there with you. good about it. I thought, you know, what are you doing? This is an Arizona State program that honestly is pretty good, and you go and hire Herm Edwards. It just seemed weird to me when they did that back in November. The other thing that I have to own up to here is that I put Michigan State in the playoff. Yep. I have to live with that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if they run the table, then I'll just be like, ha-ha, told you so. But I put Michigan State in the playoff. They were five minutes away from losing to Utah State. And they laid an egg offensively against the Sun Devils. And granted, that's a tough environment to play in. Very, I remember very Wisconsin tough. went there a few years ago. Probably should have won because there was a, a weird play with an official in a spot. But it's a tough environment to play in. And a number of teams out of conference have gone there and have been the better team and lost. But... You, you you gotta win that game. So <laughs> so what sorry. so what's the story here? Is it that Arizona State is much better than everyone thought, or Michigan State isn't as good as people thought? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, I would say it's prob it's probably Arizona State. I'm gonna look at the positive here because I mean I like I I didn't like the Herm Edwards hire, like I said, but damn it, if that guy's not motivational. Did you see him mic'd up coming out of the tunnel? Oh yeah, the other night where he was like, "Leave it all on the grass," and I like I would. I would run through a wall for that guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's great. But, I mean, it's year one. <laughs> How's he going to recruit in year three? I'm going to stand by that, that it's been yeah. higher. Because the recruiting is the thing that I worry about more so than anything else. It's year one. You give him a roster. He's motivational. He kind of did a similar thing with the Jets where he took over, and then he, he, wanted, he won the division. He was one of, like, two teams to win the division with Tom Brady as the Patriots quarterback. So it's the same thing that he's doing. I want to see where Arizona State is three years from now. You know, Jimmy, that, that, yeah. that's a really good point. It's it's easy to come in and take over a roster. It's not easy to build one yourself. Yeah, and Herm Edwards was never in charge of like personnel or anything like that in the NFL. Chip Kelly, when he went to UCLA, I said, okay, at least this is a guy who, in Philly, he built the roster. He didn't do it well, but he has the experience. It's not the same thing. Even more so, he built... Or he built Oregon yeah. into the powerhouse that it was in the early 2010s. Yeah, but look how much, look how hard of a time he's having because that roster has nothing, and he's got Wilton Spate as his quarterback throwback, and they're 0 and 2, so it's it's tough. But with Herm Edwards, like good for him, man. You know, what? I'll I'll be happy for him now. But three years from now, we will see. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I think. It it might be a little a little more easy than we think it is for Herm Edwards to recruit because he can just go into someone's living room and say, "Hey, I was a coach in the NFL. I know how to get it done." Yeah. So that might play a role in it. It might not. It's it's a great win for the Sun Devils to be two and zero. They're ranked in the top twenty five now. I'm not willing to say they're going to make noise in the Pac twelve because there's a lot of good teams in front of them, and but maybe. 
Anything's possible. Maybe maybe a Pac-12 championship appearance. Maybe, because, you know, they're in the Pac-12 East. I mean, I'll look up the standings right now, but... At least the right twelve as a whole is not great. At least right now they can say that they're better than Arizona, and Look. this might be a conversation for a different day. But Kevin Sumlin is basically showing that a single player named Johnny Football made him, and he's not actually a good enough head coach. Well, to think if you think about it too, when he was in Houston, it was Case Keenum. Case Keenum oh, yeah. had him within one game of the Sugar Bowl. Basically. Oh yeah. And he goes to Texas A&M, falls upon Johnny Manziel, who he did not recruit, by the way. And it's amazing. But you look at the Pac-12 South, it's only it's probably only going to be Arizona State and USC, maybe Utah as well in there. there was a, yeah. They've got a shot. I mean, they, they could very easily make it a Pac-12 championship appearance. Yeah, and, and look, the Pac-12 North is better. Everybody knows the Pac-12 North is better, but still the GOAT. Conference title game in year one? It's that's, impressive. That's It'll, impressive. It, it will be impressive. Although, Jim McElwain did that his first two years, and look where he is. That's fair. So, <laughs> so not to be all end all. So, I think the last game that we really got to touch on from last week is this Clemson-Texas A&M game. I remember last week we were talking about it might be closer than we expected. Clemson will obviously dominate the entire game, but they would have gotten the job done. And lo and behold, the Aggies almost did it. They almost did the thing. That was... <laughs> 28-26 final. And the only reason that this game didn't go into overtime is because A&M couldn't get the two-point conversion at the end of the fourth quarter. And if you... I'm looking at the numbers right now. Total yards, Texas A&M 501 to 413. First downs, Texas A&M 25 to 14. Time of possession, 3352 to 2608 in favor of A&M. This wouldn't have been an upset if they won. Oh no, they A and M dominated. They just made a couple, one too many mistakes. They gave the ball up. I remember at one point, I think it was on a kick return where they had a fumble, and I mean those sort of killed them. And that's what a Clemson defense will do to you. Kellen Mond threw for four hundred thirty yards. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. And and you know what? He looked great, but I think the star of this game was Rodgers, number thirteen. Yeah. Um. Kendrick Rogers on Texas A&M. This wide receiver, sophomore wide receiver, went off. He looked insane. 120 yards, two touchdowns, seven receptions. I was watching the game at home, and whenever I saw him touch the ball, he was electric. He he honestly looked like Odell Beckham Jr. to me. Wow, that's a, that's lofty. He. I, just the the play design that they ran for him, they would run these short slants that he would just be able to take off on. And that's something that the Giants do a lot with Odell Beckham Jr. They let him run the short slant, just get the ball to him, and then let him work his magic. Yeah, and he did that, and like he had the, the touchdown at the end. Everybody saw. Acrobatic, crazy play. Yep. But like you said, A&M, two-point conversion away from taking it in overtime, and honestly, there's an argument to be made that they should have won that game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Good for Jimbo Fisher, though. That team, I don't want to say they're back because we, we always have that with the other Texas team, and then we're like, oh. Is Texas back? No. 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 <laughs> um, um, no. I think very commendable job by Jimbo Fisher, getting his guys ready to play, and I think it's fair to say that this rebuild is ahead of schedule. Sure. Sure, absolutely. They've got a quarterback. Kellamon's been good. They've got talent at the skill positions, despite losing Christian Kirk from last year's team. And this is a team that's maybe a couple guys away. I think the defense has got to be a little better. But they're 
next year, I think they could be really good. I And we were talking before the show started, and we both agreed that you probably could have kicked Michigan State completely out of the top 25 and thrown A&M in even with the loss because of that's how well they played the number two team in the country. And I don't care that like people are going to say, well, they were at home, they were in their home environment. I don't care. I don't care. You're playing Clemson. Yeah, you're playing the team that I think is the most talented team in the country, and you're taking them to the wall. I don't care. Like that, your expectation of A and M at that point immediately has to be higher. So I think I think they should have been ranked this week. And I, I honestly, I could have done without Sparty because I don't think yeah. I'm not seeing it from them right now. So let's look at this from the Clemson point of view. I want to touch on this dual threat quarterback thing they're going with right now. There was a point in the second quarter, the only touchdown scored in the second quarter, the score by Clemson, and they had taken Kelly Bryant out the, the play before, and they brought Trevor Lawrence in for his first, first pass attempt of the game. And what does he go out and do? 64-yard dime to T. Higgins, 64-yard touchdown. I went on Twitter immediately and said, that may have been the most perfect throw I've ever seen. I saw you tweeted that, too, and then I went back and watched it. And yeah. I was like, maybe. I mean, it, it's just a, a beautiful arc landed directly in the kid's arms for a touchdown. And that made me think, he's the most talented quarterback on this roster. Why isn't he playing? I agree, and it's it's the Alabama situation all over again because you have Hurts and Tagovailoa, and they start Tagovailoa, and Nick Saban has his mental breakdown after the game when they ask him about Hurts, but everyone knows it's Tagovailoa. I don't know here, man. I mean, honestly, because Kelly Bryant played well. He don't did. get me wrong. I think Kelly Bryant's a good football player. He can help a lot of teams. Yes. But, honestly, I've been on the Lawrence train for a while, and I just I watched them in the spring game, and I, I saw some of the workouts over the summer, and I was like, I think this guy's better. And I had it confirmed to me in the last two games because I just I just think there's something there with him, especially the deep throws too. Because I mean, you could unleash T. Higgins at that point because Kelly Bryant is a decent to good deep ball thrower, but he doesn't throw guys open. Trevor Lawrence threw guys open. Oh yeah, in that Clemson Texas A and M game and in the Furman game as well. But it, it was Furman, so they've got a quarterback controversy, <laughs> and I don't know who it's going to be, but I think. For me, I got I got to start Lawrence. I do. I mean, a- according to Dabo Swinney, there is no controversy, and they're just going to play both of them depending on the game situation. But that see that doesn't work That's, because it's so fluid. Exactly, and you can say that as much as you want. You can run with it as much as you want. But the second you come into a game up against an Alabama, a Georgia, a God, I don't want to talk about anybody else that they might meet in the ACC championship. Miami, <laughs> Miami, and the team that shall not be named. Um, Virginia Tech. Oh yeah, Virginia Tech. Uh, they, They're pretty good. Yeah, they'll run into some problems with Virginia Tech. I could see. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm with you. I think you have to ride Lawrence. That kid is just so talented. He was the number two recruit in the country for a reason. And I know you're committed to Kelly Bryant. The kid did a lot for you last year. He brings a different element to the game that you want and probably need, to be fair. You need the mobile aspect that Lawrence doesn't really give you. I haven't watched a lot of tape on Lawrence in high school to see how mobile he is. He hasn't really shown that off in his college game yet. He hasn't really gotten the chance to yet. But that might not be an aspect that you get out of him. 
No, and I just think, too, like, there's that old adage, and it's maybe a little tired that if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. But they've got two good ones. But at some point, you've just got to decide. Because, yeah, it's one thing to pull your guy because he's playing bad. But at some point, eventually, you just got to be like, okay, we're riding with this guy. And you can sit there and say, oh, well, there's no quarterback controversy. But you don't have a guy. You you're saying that you're you're not you're gonna play it based on on the game situation. I mean, the number one quarterback recruit in the country was Justin Fields. Okay, you look at how Georgia's handling that. You know how much Justin Fields played last week? One for one for eight yards. Nope, that's what Justin Fields did last week, and one rush for three yards. And that was only because Georgia got in garbage time where it was forty-one to ten against South Carolina. Jake Fromm has been insanely good to this point in the year. I saw Matt Miller, who's one of my favorite draft guys, say that he would be a QB one if he came out this year. So I can there's see it. there's no controversy there. No. Like if if Jake Fromm decides to come out, I I don't think he can actually. If you know, Justin Fields is gonna sit the bench, you may decide to transfer, whatever, but they're rolling with Jake Fromm. And that's something that Kirby Smart has done well. He came out in the beginning of the season and told everyone, Fromm's our guy. Field, we have Field, great. He's the guy for the future. Fromm is our guy right now. We're going to roll with him, live or die, win or lose. He's our guy. And that's, I understand that from Nick Saban and Dabo Swinney's perspectives, you don't want to hurt the feelings, hurt the ego of the guy that that you were with last year and, the, and in Nick Saban's case, the year before. Jalen Hurts, okay quarterback. To attack of Iloa is better. Start him. Dabo Swinney, Kelly Bryant, good. Trevor Lawrence, better, maybe. Might be very well, maybe. I think he is. So that's that's pretty much all I have to say about last week's games. Let's let's move into into this week. Uh, okay, games. Boise State, Oklahoma State, interesting. Um, I think the the two games everyone's going to be talking about are LSU Auburn, and then Ohio State TCU. You have USC Texas three. I don't personally care about that game. It is Texas back though? Eh, no. Um, <laughs> so let's let's jump into LSU Auburn. Nobody expected this to be uh, a, a game to watch in the beginning of the season, but now lo and behold, LSU is making some noise. I mean, people. I love how everyone has flipped their opinion of Ed Orgeron in the span of two weeks. It's unbelievable. I, I wasn't in love with them keeping him. I said on the first show that I thought that was the wrong move. And then he goes out, spirited effort against Miami. They thoroughly dominated them. So now they're going into Auburn. I think Auburn's a really good team. I love Jarrett Stidham. I think he could be the best quarterback coming out in this draft class. Interesting. And, yeah, he's up there. He's up there. I don't want to commit to it yet. I want to see more from him and Greer and all the other guys. I think that LSU can really put themselves in a position to win this game. The question's going to be whether or not Burrow can make enough plays because Brissett's a really good running back, and he's going to get his. I think it's going to be on the lower scoring end of it. I just think LSU's going to have a chance. I just don't think that Burrow's going to be able to make enough plays to – maybe get a late touchdown or get a late score or maybe hit a deep ball at some point in the game. I just don't see that happening. Uh, I'll give you a score, in which is in my tradition now, I guess. I'll say 20-17 to 17, Auburn wins. I think it's going to come down to whether Nick Brissett can get moving. That's a good point, too. Um, he, 262 yards in the season. Auburn is a relatively good defensive team. I think their defensive front is 
decent. So yards rushing allowed 288, so I might be wrong on that. Um, I don't know. This is really a toss-up for me because the if, if Coach O can get LSU to come out and play the way they did against Miami, it's game over. I think that they're going to handle Auburn easily. But that's only if they can live up to that standard, which is tough. Do you see? Do you know what the spread is on this game? Um, I think yeah, it's Auburn ten and a half. That surprised me. Yeah, I, I'm that's, taking LSU easily on that one. Yeah, that's a that's a big spread for me. Yeah. Um, you know what? Give me Auburn. I'll I'll take Auburn. I believe in them. I think that the, they're the third best team in the SEC. I like LSU. I just think that they're going to run into a difficult team that they're not ready for. Um, they are a good defensive team, but like like we've said, Jarrett Stidham might be one of the best quarterbacks in this draft, in this class especially. So yeah, I'll take I'll take Auburn. Why not? Yeah, I think I think that's the difference in this game. Really, is the quarterback position. So next, the next game that we should get to is Ohio State TCU. This is the last game Ohio State's going to be without Urban Meyer. Doesn't hasn't really ma- mattered much. I don't expect it to matter more. Uh, I Ohio State is the team they are without needing an elite head coach. Right now, at least. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, they need the elite head coach for recruiting purposes and all that. Urban Meyer got all those guys there. But I'm not ready to count out TCU. They are a very good team. Yeah. I th- I think the spread is what it is. Thirteen my thirteen and a half under for for Ohio State. I think that. It's it's fair. Don't get me wrong. It's fair. Give, watching what Ohio State has done, put up 50, 50 spots in their first two games. Granted, one was against Rutgers, and it's Rutgers. Yeah. So, <laughs> and but, Oregon State, who's going to yeah. have a long year. Yeah. Um. I don't know, Jimmy. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think TCU's defense is going to come ready to play. That's not to say that they're going to come ready to play well. And I love what Dwayne Haskins has done in his first two games. Granted, against bad teams, but still, you put up 77 and you put up a 50-burger against Rutgers. I'm going to go with Ohio State. I think they win solidly. I don't think the Urban Meyer thing is going to matter because it hasn't yet, and I don't see it happening now. Everyone raves about the job Ryan Day has done. So I'm going to take Ohio State, I think, by three touchdowns. I think I think they're going to win this solidly, and this team is stacked right now, and they're kind of hitting on all cylinders. So uh, give me Ohio State, give me the points. I think that's fair. Um, TCU, uh, 107 points rushing yards allowed, 106 pass yards allowed. Dwayne Haskins has done well. Uh, surprisingly, J.K. Dobbins hasn't really done much. He's been outplayed by Weber. He's going to get there, though. I, I agree. We, we all saw what he could do last year. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think I think three touchdowns is a solid number. Yeah, I think so, too. But uh, good show, Matt. By the way, I just want to say there were three games canceled this weekend. Uh, we just wanted to touch on that really quickly. North Carolina, we love you. We realize that there are more important things in life than college football, and hopefully that, that hurricane not, is not too destructive. I saw it may make landfalls Category 3. That's bad. But those games got canceled. So, North Carolina, if you're listening in North Carolina, we are sending our love, and please, please stay safe. 
I couldn't have said it better myself, Jimmy. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Make sure to come back next week. Same great content, same place. Thank you very much.